Hello, friends. Welcome to 1,000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark. Well, we're about halfway through this series, walking through the songs and the essays from Only the Lover Sings, and I've been introducing you to the essayists who wrote for the book, and that's been really fun for me. Putting this project together with this group of friends has, has been such a great experience. Each one of them brings their own flavor to the book and their own, um, their own beauty. So it's been a sweet gift from the Lord to work with them. But this week, instead of introducing you to another essayist, I want to share from an essay that I wrote for the book. And then the week after that, we'll get back to the guest writers and their readings. The song I chose to write for is called The Heart of Our God, and in a nutshell, it's about the cross, where Jesus dies to address our desperate situation of estrangement from God. I know that it's hard to talk about, I know guilt and shame and sin, and punishment and wrath are awkward at best and at worst unmentionable things. Something I personally struggled with uh, was the question of whether the death of Jesus on the cross was something, you know, really necessary to save us. Or is it just more of a gesture? Uh, If it's more than just a picture or a loving sentiment, if it's something without which we could not be saved, then it must have a sort of endless applicability. Uh, His death has to address everything. So I got really interested in trying to think of what the cross actually does. Uh, Not so much how it does what it does, but what does it do? And I got interested in looking in that uh, really more by looking not at the cross, but at the ways that we humans try to do whatever it is that the cross does. I mean, if what Jesus does by dying for us is the real thing, then what might simulations of the real thing look like? Could I sort of, quote, reverse engineer something of what's going on at the cross by starting with our human efforts to save ourselves? For instance, when I blame someone What's really going on? What am I really trying to do? Well, when I blame someone, I'm trying to get my sin off of me and onto someone else. I'm trying to accomplish to accomplish atonement, but it's just a simulated atonement. Now, if I'm honest, blaming actually does create a temporary sense of relief, right? But why? Why would it? Maybe because there's some grain of reality in blaming, some clue to a lasting relief that the cross can actually provide. Maybe because Jesus, on the cross, really does take our sin off of us in a way that literally changes our situation in reality. In other words, my blaming simulates the atonement at the cross, but the cross can actually make me blameless in reality. 
So that train of thought rolled on, and I found it very interesting to think about. And what began to grow larger and larger was this sense that Jesus had done something massive and comprehensive. His death wasn't just some little abstract or sentimental gesture in the remote past. It touched everything, everywhere. And I started to see that every thirst, every hunger, every defense and coping mechanism was put into context by his death. More than ever, I began to see that whatever it was that Jesus did on the cross by his death and then his subsequent resurrection, these things have become for us an inexhaustible resource for our healing, like a well that never runs dry, addressing a thirst in us that never ends, because it's a thirst for his eternal love. If ever there was something that corresponded perfectly to the hungry deep in me that cries out, it is the depth of Jesus' loving atonement. Deep cries out, saying, Here is my absolute need. And the eternal deeps of God in response cry out at the cross, saying, And here is my absolute provision, my own body and blood. Yesterday I was reading a book called The Embers in the Stars by Erezim Kohak, and he said this. He said, Where there is no forgiveness, there can be no confession. Where there is no forgiveness, there can be no confession. It's just too painful to face my sin if forgiveness isn't already guaranteed in some sense. And he said, we live in an unforgiving culture because we've rejected God. Therefore, it's far too dangerous and painful to admit any fault or to confess. And so we simulate forgiveness in a thousand varieties of coping and defense mechanisms. But at the end, we're just frustrated and bitter and afraid. Only our forgiving God can unburden us and give us rest. Forgiveness is real. The cross assures us of God's lavish willingness to forgive. And therefore, we can afford to face ourselves honestly and to let go of our guilt. We can approach the throne of grace with confidence, and we can unburden our exhausted hearts because we know that that forgiveness is already held out to us. There's a quote that I didn't learn until after the Only the Lover Sings was already published. But uh, Kirsten Jeffrey Johnson mentioned that George MacDonald said that our home is the heart of God. So this excerpt from my essay, uh, the essay is called The Way Home, is in response to this song, The Heart of Our God. And uh, as hard as it is to face Jesus especially a dying, tortured Jesus, I'm convinced that through this particular death, God has opened a unique way back to our hearts 
true home, which, as MacDonald says, is, in fact, within the heart of our God. So here's an excerpt from my essay written for Only the Lover Sings in response to the song, The Heart of Our God, uh, called The Way Home. Hebrews says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Remembering how only certain foods have the qualities needed for certain results, we realize animal blood can't supply the kind of life that we desperately need. But Jesus is true bread and true drink from the eternal realm. His death can supply the saving power, a new lifeblood, so to speak, that all the meals, medicine, and healing in the world are just hinting towards. To receive into ourselves this Christ, who willingly empties himself out on the cross, births a supernatural transformation in us that begins now, endures through death itself, and continues endlessly on the other side of resurrection. Somehow, at the cross, the disease of sin, the infection of evil in us and the cosmos, is healed. And not by being swept under the rug or waved off carelessly. Do you really want the suffering you've experienced in this broken world to simply be dismissed? or invalidated? The cross means that God takes our pain seriously. And in order to do that, He has to take seriously the evil causes of pain in this world. Out of sight, out of mind, never did take the cancer away. Anyone who's spent time in a healing process knows that our wounds are only compounded when we avoid them They must be ingested if we're to heal. We must turn to face the very worst about the world and ourselves. At the cross, Jesus refuses to turn his face from us, from sin, from death, from all the wickedness that ever was or will be, and he takes it into himself. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you've been healed. The crucifixion of Jesus confronts us with the horrifying reality of both creation and humanity's devastation and calls us to keep eye contact with it. At the same time, his crucifixion is proof that right in the midst of such a torturous mess is a face, revealing the unfathomable depth of God's commitment to demonstrate His love to us, not once we got our act together, but while we were still sinners. And there is no good explanation other than the fact that this is just how the Lord is unaccountably graceful, unimaginably beautiful.
Before I close us out by reading the lyrics to this song, I just want to remind you that Only the Lover Sings is both a book and an album of songs. The book is available right now on Amazon. The songs are available wherever you stream music online. Uh, Go grab a copy and you can dig into these essays. You can read the rest of the essay that I've uh, read from today. Uh, You can give the songs a listen. And if you would, please share about this project with your friends and leave a review on Amazon. That would be really helpful. Uh, Lastly, this project, these podcasts, um, music albums are very expensive to produce. So I'm just asking, uh, would you consider becoming a patron of this ministry with either a one-time or a monthly gift? If you find this podcast, this book, or this album at all beneficial, I'd very much appreciate your help in making this work sustainable. To find out more about how to become a patron ministry partner, visit my website, matthewclark.net slash partner. Thank you so much for thinking about that. And now, I'll just read the lyrics to this song to close us out. Here is the heart of our God. Now I know, it's hard to talk about. I know guilt, and shame, and sin, and punishment, and wrath are awkward at best. And at worst, unmentionable things. But we can't just pretend like we all are okay. Like what's under the rug doesn't haunt us. Out of sight, never did take the cancer away. And we could use some good news if we're honest. But it's hard to look up at a man on a cross. Hard to feel the full weight of our glory if it means that the good thing we each might have been went this wrong. And now this is our story? That however far from his beauty we fell, that man hanging there is the hard truth of what God had to do to remove the disease of rebellion that killed all his family. Because I swear, you weren't born with these chains on your arms. You were made to dance, free as a song. It was not God's intent that your life would be spent slowly dying alone with no hope you could find your way home. Now, whatever you've heard about love up till now, and whatever they say about God, well, I don't think you'll find a more beautiful thing than a friend who would lay down his life. And I promise, it's worth it to stare down the worst, to face up to a face crucified. If it means we can find an old highway has cleared that leads home to the heart of our God. Okay, friends, Jesus has done what had to be done to bring us home to himself. That way is no longer shut off to anyone. Anyone can call on the name of the Lord and be restored to the one relationship that can unwork every species of death that has torn us apart. 
that's good news. So with that in mind, I, uh, I hope you have a great week and uh, I will be back next Monday to introduce you to another one of the wonderful essayists who wrote for Only the Lover Sings, my friend Jesse Todd. So thanks for stopping by. I will see you next time on 1000 Words.